This is Anastasia, your favorite host, back with another episode of That's Rad, a podcast presented by the Littleton Food Co-op. Well, sorta. Don't worry, we're still at the co-op and we're still a podcast. But today, I'm actually here to introduce you to our new FBOTD mini-sode mini-series. At this point, I'm sure you're like, hold on, hold up, back up, what do any of those words mean? Great question. If you remember, episode 23 of our regular That's Rad programming was about the FBOTD, the fun beverage of the day. The idea behind the FBOTD is that we all go through so much every day, so we should be allowed to treat ourselves with a beverage that has no other purpose other than it just being for personal enjoyment. A fun beverage will look different for everyone, but some examples are flavored water, juice, iced teas, fun coffee drinks, kombucha, and more. If you want a more in-depth refresher on what this concept is about, go back and listen to episode 23 of That's Rad. Since this is all about having fun beverages every day, it didn't seem right to touch on beverages only once. So, to introduce you to the many beverages of the co-op, we're starting this FBOTD series to talk about your favorite drinks that wash down your favorite foods. They're called mini-sodes because they're likely going to be shorter versions of the full-length episodes you've come to know. I guess we could call them short-isodes, but that doesn't sound as cute, and that's very important. And it's a mini-series because who knows how many we'll do. In any case, it would take a lot to get to the 24 episodes we already have of the regular That's Rad programming. Does this all make sense? I hope so. If not, all you need to know is that you're going to be getting more content from your favorite food cooperative-based podcast. And we're going to release episode 1 in honor of the end of summer and the end of New Hampshire Eats Local Month right now. Keep listening for FBOTD mini-sode number one with KIS Kombucha. That's a lot of acronyms. All right, everyone. In the spirit of fun beverages and always staying hydrated this summer, I wanted to bring on someone who I thought would know the idea of a fun beverage. So I am so fortunate today to be talking to Andras of KIS Kombucha out of Vermont. They are a vendor here at the Littleton Food Co-op. You can find them in our fun and functional beverage aisle. And yeah, I'm super excited to hear more about them today. So Andras, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. So just to get started, how did KIS come to be? Like, how did you get to this point? Well, I started, I was working in a health food store in Morrisville, Vermont, and was just kind of slowly becoming a pretty avid consumer of kombucha mostly GTs at the time. There wasn't a whole lot of other brands available. 
and this would have been probably 2008, 9, 10, somewhere in there. And I sort of just got hooked on it. I ended up trying every single variety they had. I was in charge of ordering it, so I kept ordering whatever the newest brand was that they had, whether it be GTs or anything else that came on the market at the time, which wasn't much. Aquavite maybe came on shortly thereafter. But I was given a culture by just a random customer who came in, a young woman who just seemed like she was having the time of her life shopping in the store and noticed me drinking a kombucha and had asked me if I'd ever made my own, which was a totally foreign concept to me at the time. I thought, no, of course I haven't made my own. I have no idea how to make it or what exactly it is. I just really enjoy it. And she said, well, why don't I grab you a culture? And she went running off to her car, and I could see her, like, rummaging through her little Subaru. She had a fishing rod sticking out the back. And she just came in and handed me a a culture, which I thought was incredible and also a little bit strange because it's like this little, you know, slimy scoby floating around in a jar. And I thought, well, this is awesome. I should definitely look into this. And that's kind of how it began. I started making kombucha shortly thereafter with the culture that was given to me. And and it's been the exact same culture that I've used ever since. I've propagated it from day one. So fast forward 10 plus years later, 12 years later, um, I'm using the culture that this random woman gave me. So did you ever find out who this person was? No. No, I, I may have seen her once or twice after that in the community. I I, I resigned from my management role there at the, at the little health food store not too long after that. Kind of moved on to other things. And I never really got a chance to to connect with her in a way like say, hey, that you you actually helped me start a kombucha company, believe it or not, <laughs> which would have been a cool conversation to have with her. That's so crazy. So that was really like random act of kindness from a complete stranger and kind of those one of those like one spark or one scoby in this case that started it all. Yes, very much so. It was kind of a, a magical thing. I mean, it certainly changed my life, obviously, not just my, you know, career path, but... um you know, open my eyes to the the whole kombucha world and the fermentation world. And I now work somewhere where we ferment a whole lot. I mean, we do Copac cider for a company. We do vinegars. We do, uh, we even make another kombucha for another kombucha producer. We Copac it for them. But all this is coming from that same, well, not all of it, but the kombucha side all comes from that culture that was given to us. And yeah, so it's a pretty magical moment. That is so crazy and so awesome. So you made reference to this like kombucha world, which first of all, love that, love the idea of that. I'd like to think maybe somewhere out there, past the Milky Way, there is a kombucha world. I don't know. We can sketch that up. <laughs> but in in the kombucha world within within the United States, even when you first started, you know that 2008 2010 period, you said there weren't a lot of kombucha brands out there. 
So when you went to start your own, how did you decide, like, what you were going to do and how you're going to be different until now when there are so many other kombucha brands on the shelf? How do you kind of remain different from the rest? Yeah, that's a great question because it is getting more challenging to be unique with all the varieties that are out there. I think my my focus originally fed right into one of my interests, which was herbalism. So I actually went to school briefly, did a little two-year stint with an herbalist here in Vermont, and that kind of overlapped with the beginning of my kombucha brewing days. So the company didn't actually start till 2012, but maybe two, three years before that was kind of my peak uh, interest in kombucha and the the evolution of making it in different varieties. And my focus at that time was, more, like I said, more herbal. So I was basically trying to make really good teas and turn that into kombucha. So I would focus on what do I like to, to have in a tea. And, and one of my original favorites was jasmine green tea which i came up with a recipe that has a you know spearmint and a little touch of lemongrass and the original kombucha became jasmine but before it was even jasmine i was making it and just putting it into <laughs> it's kind of funny but stellar artois bottles i would go down to the redemption center and collect all the stellar artois bottles i could just because i liked it it was like a pretty shaped green bottle and I'd bring them home and scrub them out, soap them, sanitize them, and, and refill them with my own little kombucha and put a little red cap on them. And it was a labelless thing that I would just hand out to friends and family. So it kind of started there with the jasmine and the herbal side of kombucha. And I would say to this day, we still try to do, I mean, of the, the varietals we have, we, we usually pair either a fruit or veg with an herb, or we have just a full-on herbal blend. Like lemon lavender has, you know, lemon peel, lemon balm, lemongrass. We steep lavender petals at the end. It's a green tea-based kombucha. And so it's a very, even if you were to drink it without souring it with kombucha, just as a tea, it's a delicious herbal tea concoction. So I think that that side of it makes us a little different. And the other side I would say that makes us different is we focus on primarily green tea kombuchas. So a little bit lighter in body, a little more refreshing, not as bold. When you use the black teas, you end up getting a little more tannic acid. You get a quicker ferment. You get higher caffeine. But just the expression of a black tea kombucha versus a green tea is sort of like the difference between like a stout and a lager. I mean, that's a little extreme, but to put it in a beer term, that would be kind of the the difference. So, and then I guess the third piece that maybe makes us a little different that we try to focus on is freshness. And the only real way to do that is to remain kind of small. Like we only really distribute in Vermont. We self-distribute over to Littleton, for example. We, we drive to a few accounts just over the river, the Connecticut from us, but we don't ship to, like, too far away. We don't have distributors that are taking it across country or anything like that. So we've managed to keep it really fresh. Like, literally everything we 
make each week, our distributor comes and picks up. So freshness would be the the next avenue that we try to use to, to remain unique. Yeah, that, that makes total sense. And that's really interesting, the idea of the green tea versus the black tea kombucha. You put it in, like, really great words, and it's something I've probably noticed as a kombucha drinker, but I, I wouldn't have been able to put into my own words or really had thought about it until someone mentioned it. And it's funny because you touched on some points that I think I was going to ask next, which since this episode is all about kind of the fun summer beverage, I was going to ask what makes your kombucha the perfect summer beverage. You just answered it to like the freshness and the lightness of it. Is there anything you want to add about what makes KIS kombucha perfect for summer? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess we we offer a good variety in that we try to do, we started with the two herbal, and then we went to two fruit-based ones, and then we went to two vegetable-based ones. And so our pitch was always like, hey, we've got an herbal, a fruit-forward, and a veg, if you only want to try like three on your shelf, you could you could try one from each of those categories. And so I would say the two vegetable ones have a little more body, the beet lemon and the carrot ginger. They're just a little denser. You can imagine, you know, pressed beets or carrots have a little bit more body, color, and flavor. And as you get down to the herbal ones, jasmine and lavender lemon, they are just kind of light, refreshing you know, you get little notes of lavender and lemongrass, and they're just, they're light kind of summery style ones. So I, I would say we have a good variety, and we've since added a couple more. We have an orange cardamom, would kind of straddle the category of herbal and fruit. But again, it's a very, very light kombucha. We try to keep all the flavors in the background. We don't really want you to to drink something, and if you're not a huge fan of, say, cardamom, to say, oh, my God, that's all I taste. We want you to kind of get a little sweetness from the orange, a little bite from the fermentation, a little just sort of subtle light-bodied tea flavor from the green tea base, and then we want cardamom to be a little bit of like an accent, like, oh, I like maybe if you didn't know what cardamom was, you might not even place it. You'd be like, oh, there's something kind of soft and spicy and floral in there, but I don't know exactly what it is. And so that, that would be the cardamom. So we try to keep all of our kombucha is sort of true to that style where we just don't want to blow your pal away with, with, with one spice or one fruit. So maybe that's the uh, fourth element that makes us a little bit unique in the kombucha world. I really appreciate that because whenever I go to the kombucha section, I feel like I find all of these flavors where I'm like, ooh, that sounds great. And then it's like, except for this one part of it. Like maybe there's three three words in the name or the flavor, and I'm like, yes, yes, mm, no. So I really appreciate that, that if I drink a KIS kombucha, that I don't have to worry necessarily about the specific ingredients and more the overall kind of sense of it, I guess, is what I'm getting from what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, and, and 
And to circle back to the herbal ones, we actually, I don't know if other companies do this, but we, we actually ferment it with all the herbs brewed in, mm-hmm. you know. So we're not like brewing a green tea base and then adding lemon flavor and adding uh, lavender infusion. Those ones are actually, we brew them all in the kettle. We have a separate fermenter for it. And so jasmine, lavender, lemon, um, a couple of these other ones, they have their own vessel and they are fermented as is, which I don't have any science to prove this, but, you know, when you make kombucha, you're changing the chemical compound of the green tea. So all the phytonutrients and the amino acids and the different things that are created during the fermentation are kind of a reconfiguration of the nutrients and the minerals and everything that are in the green tea. So we kind of took it a step further and thought, well, why wouldn't that be true of lemon balm and spearmint and lemongrass and all these other herbs? So, like I said, I don't really have a a scientific way to evaluate that, but I just sort of in my gut believe it to be true that a lot of the phytonutrients in those plants are also kind of brought out through the fermentation process. So at least that's my hope. (laughs) Yeah, and that brings us to my next question, which, you know, besides being a great mood booster on a, a gloomy day, are there any other benefits that come from kombucha? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the the main one would be the probiotics. So I think a lot of people, when they think of kombucha and they think of other ferments, whether it's kimchi or, or sauerkraut or yogurts, they're looking for the, the probiotics, the little microbiotics that are propagated in the fermentation process that already live in your gut, but you're just sort of adding to that. So the health benefits of that are so hard to understate that because there's been studies in the last 20 years that have really shown that gut health is tied to kind of everything from digestion, nutrient absorption, mood, energy, um, immunity. So I think we're still really just trying to figure that that piece out scientifically, like how how far does that go? I always find it funny, you know, we have the old saying like, oh, I had a gut feeling. And I don't think anyone really thought of what, how deep that went, but science is starting to prove that, oh, well, actually, your gut does communicate with your brain. And so it's it's almost there's a, a lot of truth to that statement. You know, you have a gut feeling. There there really is a feeling that gets communicated to your brain. Like, oh, I I don't want to do that for whatever reason. You know, there's so much bacteria living on us that communicates with us in so many different ways. I mean, if you really wanted to get like esoteric and metaphysical about it, you you actually are more bacteria than you are yourself. You literally have 10 trillion bacterial cells on your body, whereas you only have about a trillion of your own human cells, which make you unique. So you're you're kind of 10 times a foreign entity than you are yourself. But that also is a wonderful thing because we all share that. So we're actually more connected than we are unique and our own individuals, if you really want to think about it. That might be for another 
podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> that is so crazy. It and is. I never even really thought about that phrase, like the gut feeling. But it's so true. Okay, give me a second. I need to, like, come out of this existential crisis I just had <laughs> by that. Speaking of, <laughs> I don't know if this transition makes sense, but I'm going with it. Speaking of, we kind of got into this before we, like, started recording where I was asking about your name, and then also you brought it up when you are saying in the beginning you were handing out the label with bottles, but I wanted to talk about your name because before we started, I was like, Andrash, I, I've i never actually, like, heard anyone say the brand out loud. I just read the bottle. So, like, do you prefer keep it simple? Do you do spell it out like an acronym, like K-I-S? Or do you call it KISS? And you were saying an interesting story about that. So do you want to tell everyone, like, set everyone straight and maybe say how that got to where it is? Sure. It, in my mind, was always an acronym. So it was KIS Kombucha was the name of the company. KIS standing for Keep It Simple, which is kind of just our motto that we attempt to, we aspire to be, but obviously running a company is anything but simple. So we have to constantly remind ourselves to just slow down, focus on making good teas, use real ingredients, and let the rest kind of fall into place. So keep it simple, KIS Kombucha was my name for it. But as I started the company and put the bottles out, I just noticed everyone would refer to it as Kiss Kombucha. And I think initially I attempted to correct people like, oh, yeah, Kiss, it's great. It's uh, KIS, by the way. And I just quickly realized there was really no point in trying to do that. People are just going to read it as they read it. And I think whether you say KIS kombucha or KISS kombucha, people know exactly what you're talking about, at least people in this area who drink it. So I gave up pretty quickly on that. And um, to to make a long story short, I guess either either name exists for the product. And um, I, I... think the keep it simple part is the part that we try to uh, to maintain and to keep as a truth here at our company. Yeah, and you know, my marketing brain is just like, hey, no matter what they're calling it, they're still drinking it. So, <laughs> but wrapping up here, do you have a favorite flavor of your own design or kind of like a go-to flavor? that you're often found drinking or does it change with what you're doing, you know, depending on if you're doing like a day at the beach or a day in the office or even a day where you're making another flavor? Like what's what's your opinion on your own work, I guess? <laughs> you know, it, it's, it is funny because we've, we've created a lot of flavors over the years and so it, it's easy to fall in love with the, the new flavor for a period of time. But I think letting time be the, the dictator of, of what rises to the surface and stays, um, I actually come back to the original flavor as my favorite every time. It's uh, jasmine, which is just a simple 
brewed tea concoction with spearmint and lemongrass and jasmine green tea. And it's really, really light and refreshing and kind of a good summery one. It's not the best seller, but it is still my favorite one. The best seller would be our sour cherry rose, which, again, the cherry is subtle. It's not overwhelming. And we take some of the finished kombucha and sort of dry hop to use a another beer term. We basically dry hop with rose petals, though. So we let it sit and let the acid pull the flavors of the rose out, and then we filter that back in. So it has this really subtle kind of floral, rosy background, but it's this, the cherry would be the flavor you you would most likely recognize. For whatever reason, that's by far the best seller. We do have two new flavors, which I'm really proud of. Um, orange cardamom, which I mentioned earlier. That one is probably right up there with jasmine for me as far as a favorite. And then we have one called Green Mountain Dew, which is a little playoff of Mountain Dew, but we are in the Green Mountains, so it was hard to resist that. Probably get in trouble for it someday, but for now, we're just rolling with it. That one is a high-energy kombucha, and we use yerba mate and matcha tea and um, green tea, and it has a lemon-lime flavor, kind of like the, the old Green Mountain Dew. So that one um, is awesome because it, it, there's a smokiness from the yerba mate, which is not found in any of the other kombuchas. So it's completely unique as far as the lineup goes of our brand. And it's easy to really gravitate towards that one for me right now as well. Well, now I feel a little basic saying that my favorite flavor is the cherry rose. But <laughs> those two new flavors sound so cool, and I'm really interested in trying them. And I think just the overall message from this is that I need to go pop open the Kiss bottle that's in my fridge right now. I'm going to do so go do that. But Andrash, thank you so much for coming on and telling us all about Keep It Simple from the, the humble Scoby beginning to the Green Mountain Dew now. And I think if this wasn't our fun beverage of the day rotation, it certainly is now. Everyone, if you want to learn more about um, this great company, um, you can go online to their website, which is kisbt.com. Thanks for having me on, Anastasia. It's a pleasure talking to you. Oh, thanks. I do it for the compliment. <laughs> Thanks for listening to FBOTD Minisode Episode 1. Thanks to Andrash of KIS Kombucha for coming on, and thanks to all of you for listening. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to That's Rad. Until next time, remember to drink your fun little beverage, sleep, and be rad. Rad is a production of the Littleton Food Co-op. Anastasia Marr directs and hosts. Jesse Smith and Annie Stewart produce. Becky Colpitz provides unrelenting positivity and moral support. The Littleton Food Co-op is Littleton, New Hampshire's community-owned grocery store. We put our money where your mouth wants to be. 
Local farms, of course. No membership is required to shop here. Come check us out sometime, just off exit 41 at 43 Bethlehem Road in Littleton. Or if you're online, check us out at littletoncoop.com.